Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, Tuesday, September 13th, 2022 edition. Always a tricky thing to try to get the date right in which you live. Uh, I hope everybody's having a great Tuesday already, especially my friends and viewers from the United Kingdom, uh, because we are going to be talking about them on some pretty serious stuff uh, today. And frankly, I'm going to need some help. So as most of you know, I think everybody knows, uh, I'm an American lawyer, and we've got some legal questions in the UK, uh, and a very interesting and somewhat tumultuous time for them, obviously, in the wake of the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, in a declared state of mourning in the United Kingdom, uh, and we're going to be talking about some of those things. We really don't have analogs uh, for those here in the United States, um, and so... Uh, I hope everybody's excited about that. I've got about 14 articles set up in tabs. We're going to try to condense that. Uh, so we're not just spending six hours together this morning, uh, but there is a lot to discuss. I'm also seeing some some purple hearts, which is not usually how folks designate me. So maybe there's a Emily D. Baker sighting here in the chat. Uh, Emily, if you want, I can get you a link. Um, but uh, yeah, so... This is Hangouts and Headlines. We're going to try to take a chill. We're going to hang out a little bit before we get into that serious stuff. How is everybody doing? Where's everybody coming from? Couldn't be better. William Hawkins coming from the UK. He's going to have some uh, some interesting thoughts, I would guess, on, on what we're going to talk about today. And here's Emily. She's up early. Happy Tuesday. Uh, Emily, like I said, if you want to, if you want to talk uh, UK, uh, breach of the peace law, Human Rights Conventions of 1950. I've got stuff. I've got stuff going on in the background. Absolutely. She votes for six hours of streaming. That might be a little much. Might be a little much for an early morning. Might be a little much for a six-hour conversation about the nature of, of human liberty, uh, monarchy, breach of the peace, government, police, law enforcement, and more. Uh, but I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, what else we got going on here? She says she's in an airport lounge, just hanging in chat. No problem, Emily. Not at all. Um, uh, let's see. We've got a lot of folks already talking about monarchy, anti-monarchy, monarchy protests. Good evening from Melbourne. Good evening, Melbourne. Um, and uh, it sounds like uh, Lucky already put some gifts out there that I already missed. Thank you so much, Lucky. As I said, I can't put those pictures up in the chat. But thank you so much for gifting memberships to the channel. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, so starting us off here, how's everybody doing this morning? Where's everybody coming in from? We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. We'll get into it. We'll probably take breaks between some of the things in these in this sequence of articles. We'll actually probably start headlines a little bit earlier today uh, because, again, uh, unless you're sitting in an airport lounge, uh, you don't want us to go on for six plus hours talking about this kind of stuff. Um, so afternoon from Poland. Good afternoon, Poland. Thank you for chiming in. Painful discourse. Hopefully not painful today. We'll see. We got more Purple Hearts. Absolutely. Um, morning all, says Britt. Good morning, Britt. Hope you're doing well uh, this morning. We've got a Nintendo Direct today, which is actually, you're not going to believe this, folks, but it is the fact that there is a Nintendo Direct today that actually led me down this rabbit hole towards the discussion points because... Well, we could just we could just show this one early, I think. Uh, this came out yesterday when they announced Nintendo Direct. Nintendo announced that they were going to have a video about their stuff coming out on the Nintendo Switch uh, for the rest of the year. 
basically. And they announced that it was going to be a video today, which is a pretty exciting time for Nintendo fans because Nintendo Directs are pretty cool. Uh, and they put a lot of information in those videos. But Nintendo UK put up the following tweet. As a mark of respect during this period of national mourning, we will not live stream tomorrow's Nintendo Direct. It will be published as a video on demand on our YouTube channel at 16, 16 o'clock, I guess, UK time uh, tomorrow. Now that's odd, right? So I, I looked at this and I'm obviously interested in corporate messaging. I'm obviously interested in, in gaming as an industry. And I looked at this and said, why? So I walked out of my office. I asked my wife, is there anything going on in the UK tomorrow? I mean, it is, she had been following the processions and, and some of the, the discussions in the United Kingdom and said, well, is, is this, is tomorrow a major day? And as I understand it, uh, the, the, the casket arrives in London today. I believe people can correct me on this kind of thing. But she said that didn't seem to be it. It was because of the morning declaration. I said, morning declaration? What do you mean? I'm not following this as, as much as her. Uh, and co-counsel is always good on these kinds of questions. She said, well, they, they kind of declared that they would be sad, that it would be an actual period of mourning as declared by the government. And a number of people have canceled things and said they're not going to do things. And so Nintendo UK, and this is honestly why if you're a multinational corporation, you have these these local branch offices to kind of be informed about the zeitgeist, the situation, the mood in a given jurisdiction. That's why you have these companies. They said, we're not going to stream. But I have to be honest, UK citizens, chime in here if you want in the chat. Um, I'm not sure what the distinction is between essentially having a premiere on YouTube, which is live that other people are watching, and putting it up on video on demand, the same exact content after the conclusion of the video. Maybe you can help me. How is it more disrespectful towards mourning to, I guess, participate in it live because of the chat? Is is chat necessarily anti-mourning? Are you, if you're in the UK right now and chatting with me and putting up Purple Hearts or otherwise, is that a kind of mourning issue? I, it's, it's a complicated question and it's odd. And I know that basically nobody that follows this kind of content, although I did get a comment that said somebody did live before Queen Elizabeth was coronated, uh, is has had to deal with this particular question before, uh, at least at the head of state level. But it struck me as a kind of odd. Now, it's also worth noting that Nintendo is a very conservative organization, and so they will err on the side of caution in basically any area of potential controversy. They're sitting on a completed game in Advance Wars that they freaking took off the market, which might shadow draft today, who knows, uh, because of the conflict in Russia and the Ukraine, uh, because their game, even though it's cartoony, and I don't really think a lot of people would have made this connection, uh, did have like tanks and planes and things, and they didn't want to release it in uh, the aftermath of the that declaration of war. And so Nintendo does make those kinds of decisions, but it did lead me down this rabbit hole because I'm like, what is going on? Why? Why would anybody think not showing Zelda clips is the kind of thing that you you should have uh, you should have stricken? Uh, Emily says maybe it feels less jovial when it's not an event and is just a video. I can agree with that. I, I it, it's all kind of in your head though, right? I mean, I don't know how other people treat premieres and things. The the, the kids and I will get in front of a Nintendo Direct like we did a couple of weeks ago. I guess it wasn't a direct; it was a thing for Splatoon three. Splatoon three. Um, and, uh, we had the timer up and we were ready for it to go. And then I guess there is a certain psychological notion of experiencing it together with people, even though you're not 
physically. Uh, that goes away if you're just on video on demand. But it, it seems like a very thinly sliced onion for this purpose. And it did raise the question to me. So I wound up looking at the period of mourning. That's the first article we'll look at, uh, which I think the mirror covered. And again, folks, folks in the UK are going to be like, Rick, this uh, this newspaper is this kind of trash. And this newspaper is this kind of trash. We're going to do our best, folks. Uh, I did find an article on, in the mirror that was interesting because I didn't realize all this stuff was happening in terms of uh, pausing football matches, pausing strikes, all this kind of thing that was fascinating in the wake of the death of Queen Elizabeth. Um, so we're going to be talking about that because primarily what we're going to be talking about is another tweet, Twitter, folks. You know, it's a cesspool, but you do get uh, information on new kinds of stories uh, that was put out by, I want to say, the London Metropolitan Police that said, oh, no, no, there's no problems here. And it's funny because I said, oh, I got to look into this further, too, uh, to see exactly what problems there might actually be. Uh, so Sibling Creature says, I think the answer is that optics are everything. It doesn't have to make sense in the real world. This is true. Uh, but if there's concern that something could look bad for them, it makes sense to put it off. And it makes sense for them to look like they are trying. Right. It might make no difference, but you can at least note, hey, we want to get this video game information out there. They're going to get it out there in a video on demand. Right. Um, we're going to get it out there really shortly after uh, anybody else would know it. It doesn't actually functionally do anything. And, and it's for optics to say, hey, we're we're trying to abide by this this period of national mourning. I agree with you. I also think it's a little silly um, that that lack of distinction is really just harming your UK consumer base that is going to have to wait an hour. And in the world of social media, that might not seem like anything either. But these are big announcements and they will be leaked. Uh, they, not even leaked. People will be discussing them because they will have otherwise been made public, right? Uh, as Emily says, Twitter has the news, the memes, and the dumpster fires. Yeah. Twitter, I don't recommend it to anybody. Uh, it does keep you informed if you're very judicious about how you use it, however. Um, so that's definitely there. Joe says, I think it's a bit silly. I don't think the queen would want people to be all sad and stop doing everything. I, I think that's right. It's always difficult. Uh, and and the length of time here is significant, as I understand it. The the period of national mourning in the UK is to extend till about the 26th of September. We'll see that in the article as well. That it's a long time, and, and I do get that this is a big deal. This is a historic event, and this has been the Queen of England uh, for my entire lifetime plus, right? Um, and so I, I understand that, but it does seem it does seem like a lot, and it does seem like you are uh, potentially adding to some of the pressures and thought processes of people that are specifically not terribly in favor of living in a monarchy. And that's all part of the same story. Um, and that's, that's going to be something interesting that we discussed this morning. Ryan says, good morning from California. Good morning, California. It is ridiculous early there. I suspect it's very, very dark. Thank you so much for joining me at this time of the morning. Uh, William says suspended football matches are more likely down to the lack of police availability. Yes, we have seen quotes from, uh, those football clubs. How am I doing? I feel like Ted Lasso here. Am I doing all right in the, uh, in the terminology? Uh, lots of regional forces will move officers to the Capitol to assist with public order. And they have said that they lack police. Um, I, you know, sporting events here have police as well. Obviously it's at least a known commodity here, even in America that sometimes, sometimes, uh, British English uh, 
football matches become a little bit unruly. Uh, so I, I get that, uh, but it is an interesting part of this as well. Uh, Aviation Fanatic says the morning period is a bit antiquated, but it's all about respect for the person who passed. Absolutely. Totally get that. Totally get that. Uh, Jay Michael says about to head to bed, but had to give Hogue some love first. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Andy says, uh, change is hard. And after 70 years, they may not know how to move forward, I guess, until they are told how to do so. Uh, no offense. Well, we'll see. I, it's, I, it's going to be an interesting period for the UK and the monarchy and its relationship with parliament. And all those things are very interesting from afar. And I say that not as anybody that intends to discount what that experience must be like on the inside. Certainly. Um, Brit says Twitter cannot create. It can only corrupt and destroy. I, I will tell you this, Britt, I, I, I don't like Twitter. I, I think it has all these sorts of problems, but it has been fundamental in making this channel what it is, connecting me with people, getting me quotes in places and having those conversations with journalists, which led to more videos. All these sorts of things do come in large part from having that connectivity. Um, and so I think there are ways to use it successfully, but it is a drag on people. Uh, it is a drag on time. It is a drag on resources. It can be a drag on your emotional or mental state. And so I do not recommend it. I use it as a effectively cautiously in a in its own quarantine zone uh, and communicate there. Uh, but um, it it can have value. It can have uses. I I don't know if I ever would have met Emily here sitting in an airport lounge in our chat uh, if I hadn't otherwise been on Twitter. So you, you never know. You can meet good people as 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 well as as not so good people. There there are a few of those on Twitter as well. Um, I think it's pre-recorded, so they won't actually be broadcasting during the morning declaration. I, does it line up with an actual event? That's what I couldn't find. I didn't see anything lining up, but I could be wrong there. And yes, Nintendo Directs are pre-recorded. They are effectively just YouTube premiered, uh, right? And if you're not familiar with the way YouTube buttons work is basically when I get done with a video in virtual legality, I can say, upload it, and now it's available for you, and you can fast forward it. You can click around. You can say, Rick's an idiot. I don't want to hear this section. Uh, or but anything else that you want to do, if you premiere it, it's like you're watching it now, like live. Like we can't fast forward this because I haven't lived that time yet. So there's nothing for me to have said in the future yet. Now this is going to be really meta for the replay crew. Uh, but uh, in a premiere mode, you can't go forward and it does allow you to participate in like chat. So if I made the video, I could get in there and I could answer questions or do those kinds of things at the same time. Nintendo Direct has taped videos that they just say are premieres and then they become archives. They're just going to go straight to the archive in the UK, as I understand what they have said. Um, uh, can't they just turn to the NOA stream? It doesn't hurt the consumer then. Yes, that is that is true. You can go and you can watch the North American stream, I believe. I, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that. The only question would be if there were any differences in availability or release times or things like that uh, between those two streams. Probably not, and it's a good point. Um, and Nintendo UK probably is aware of that as well. Uh, that may be the time that the Queen's Coffin gets into London. I did note that that was happening today. Uh, so they're giving her the respect she deserves. Uh, let's see here. Football clubs spot on. Yes. In terms of terminology, we're getting there. We're getting there. I do really like soccer. I know. Apologies for the Americanism. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's fun to try to uh, try to get the Britishisms exactly right. I'll, I'll have to watch more Doctor Who. Um, let's see here, what else do we got here? A lot of folks having a lot of good conversation about uh, everything else. I say it's lies we met streaming. 
we might have met streaming, Emily, but I followed you before that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Well, I play Persona 5 coming out October 21st. I like the segue. We can be agile here in this space. The answer is no, because I've already played Persona 5. Persona 5 is five years old. It is excellent. Anybody that hasn't had the ability to play that game, please do go check it out. Uh, but no, I won't be playing it again. I have way too much to finish, including Xenoblade, which my buddy Travis over at the BitCast says I will never finish. He is almost certainly right because games like freaking Dreamlight Valley come in and suddenly uh, I'm uh, I'm hanging out and trying to feed Remy his favorite foods so I can earn Pixar statues because that's the kind of corporate lawyer and male that I am. What can I say, folks? It's a good Disney game. Check it out. Uh, all right, so let's talk about some articles. And if you have questions and comments, I'll be probably looking at chat a little bit more than I usually do as we go through these things uh, because I do think they're of interest. I do think a lot of you might have an even more uh, kind of feet on the ground perspective on some of this stuff. So please do just put them in there at Hoglaw as always, and I will try to see what I can see there. But let's look at some of these. We had the Nintendo Direct as we talked about. Um, and then I said we had this Mirror article and it was eight things you can't do in a national morning period from parking your bike to strikes. Now, interestingly, that headline, because we're in headlines, we might as well talk about it, is a little bit wrong because one of the things this article is going to say is that the national guidance is that you mostly don't have to cancel things, but you probably should. It, it's it's one of those, it's, it's a little bit, this is, this is going to be mean to, to governments and things, but it, it's a little bit like, well, you don't. You don't have to show up at the Godfather's wedding, but you might want to. Um, and it's got that kind of uh, it's got that kind of feel to it, at least as described in this article. King Charles III declared a period of national mourning for UK following the death of the Queen, which means there are certain things that the public can and can't do. The 73-year-old confirmed the national mourning will continue until seven days after the Queen's funeral, which is set to take place at Westminster Abbey on Monday, September 9th at 11 a.m. Flags are being flown at half-mast by businesses and on government buildings is a mark of respect, with many newsreaders dressed in black. The Met Office confirmed they would only be posting daily forecasts and warnings during the period of national morning. This is one of those odd ones to me. So if I'm reading this correctly, maybe you folks in the UK can, can help me on this one. You're getting fewer weather reports because of periods of national morning? I, I have to believe even if we had a national morning um, kind of set up here in the United States, and we really don't. Uh, that the things like weather reports probably wouldn't change. Uh, but it does sound like that in this article. On Friday, football matches at all levels were postponed at, uh, at the weekend out of respect for the Queen. Other sporting events were expected to follow, but rugby, cricket, and golf continued. Rugby League and Rugby Union chose to wear black armbands and observed a period of silence before the game. Although there is no obligation to postpone or cancel events, Many companies and organizations are doing so out of respect with others set to follow closer to the funeral. So funeral is on the 19th. This article is positing, and I think they're probably correct, uh, based on everything that I have read, that uh, there are certain closures happening right now. There will be more in the immediate uh, days surrounding the funeral. You know, the, the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, more than now, um, and then probably easing up again after that. As government guidance says, there is no obligation to cancel or postpone events and sporting fixtures or close entertainment venues during the national mourning period. This is at the discretion of individual organizations. As a mark of respect, organizations might wish to consider canceling or postponing events 
or closing venues on the day of the state funeral, which is supposed to be September 19th. They are under no obligation to do so, and this is entirely at the discretion of individual organizations. If sporting fixtures or events are planned for the day of the state funeral, organizations may want to adjust the event timings so they do not clash with the timings of the funeral service and associated processions. As a mark of respect and in keeping with the tone of national mourning, organizers may wish to hold a period of silence and or play the national anthem at the start of events or sporting fixtures, and players may wish to wear black armbands. Now, one thing that pops out here, again, as an American, is this is strongly suggestive of the fact that you don't play your national anthem before all your sporting events, uh, which I think is probably a good thing. Uh, but here in America, you hear the national anthem before every sporting event from professionals down to... I don't even know, elementary schoolers, I, you just hear the national anthem all the time. Uh, and you do, as I said, get this kind of vibe of um, you don't have to do any of these things, but you want to be totally consistent. You don't want to be attacked uh, by any of this stuff. So you, you, you probably want to, right? Yeah, right. Um, Emily says, obviously, the weather should be sad. But the double rainbow was pretty incredible. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, that was that was very impressive right then. Uh, Sienna says, no, the Met office posts fun stuff too. And that's what they've cut off. They did say they were doing daily forecasts. Okay. So these folks post things that would be jovial in spirit. And for the most part, the, the government, the government functions and offices are getting rid of that to be in quote unquote mourning on social media for a period of two or three weeks, give or take. Do I got that right? Um, so you're still getting the the mostly normal weather reporting function, and you're not getting these various sites goofing uh, in some way. Um, and I do want to say hi here to uh, to Uncivil Law, who's coming on here. We're just going through right now the early stages of explaining the period of national mourning in the UK, as of mm. course, filtered through the journalists at The Mirror. Uh, and we're also working very specifically with chat here because we do have a lot of folks from the UK who are helping to inform about what we're what we're even talking about here is as lowly Americans uh, figuring out what's going on uh, over in the United Kingdom. Um, we do have uh, Jessica Lambert here saying, unless it's an England football game, presumably the national team, we don't do the national anthem before our sporting events, yeah. uh, which I think is fascinating uh, because I think Kirk can attest to this. We hear the national anthem before any contest of any kind, including some chess matches here in the United Oh yeah. Um, no little little league games, kids soccer, sure. anything. Sure. Yeah, break it out, man. Hey Kurt, I'm gonna boost you, but can you take a look at your volume just to make sure that you're all set up there? Oh Lord. Uh yeah, my I it's no worries. It's no worries. It's live, folks. It looks this is the it looks right on my end. And video on demand. It looks right uh, on my end. Is it not here. working? Check one, two. Uh, I mean, I can hear you. It's just you're super quiet. Oh, Lord. I'm blaming StreamYards. Uh, <laughs> I do know that. Uh, Newt says we also have a rather miserable national anthem. Well, nobody can sing ours. Um, but, uh, yeah. Stephanie says only America is that obsessed with the anthem. Football only plays it before matches between different countries. I, guilty as charged. I, were I in charge of the entire American Republic, I would not probably have started with let's definitely play the national anthem before peewee football matches but here we are <laughs> so i've heard it about a thousand times um donna says we basically have to be miserable and do and see nothing fun 
TV is just about the queen. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would be on board for that. I, I do. I think we can absolutely respect people who have passed. Kurt says, everybody says you sound fine, Kurt. It's just me. Okay. So if I, if I just mishear you, um, I just, uh, that, that's, that's cool. So just, okay. uh, keep, keep rocking. Man, I tell you what, the, the audio level and audio balancing is, is a continuing struggle. And so when, you know, I come in too hot, I come in too soft and it's just like, uh, here we go again. <laughs> Well, in the StreamYard and my speakers and the way I'm listening, you know, I don't use headphones here. I try to keep my microphone away from the speakers so we don't have too much echo, if any. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's always... Would you, would you like me to send you some earphones? No, I don't need earphones. I don't like them. <laughs> uh, but everybody says you sound fine, Kurt. Uh, so let's just forget what I said. Uh, okay. Don't you worry about it at all. Um, let's like look, take a look at some more of this Mirror article. So we no, just I'm, about, but I, I do I do appreciate yeah. that the UK going through the period of mourning. I'm we go through periods of mourning here in the United States as well. Well, I don't think we go degrees. through anything that sounds like this in terms of you should think about moving your Nintendo Direct. We maybe shouldn't play sports. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think outside of September 11th. I don't think we've ever shut things down. Maybe at, the at death the of JFK. Although I wasn't alive at the time. Okay, well. I can I can only attest to what I've seen, Kurt. Uh, so I, I there might be for something like that, um, but but certainly uh, not in the recent past. Uh, so the mirror references here weather forecasts. We are saddened by the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Our thoughts are with her family and those affected by the news. As a mark of respect during this time, we will only be posting daily forecasts and warnings. And then somebody came into the chat and said, "Well, they used to also post goofy stuff, uh, and so they're not going to po post that stuff during this period." You do have some sarcasm here. The Norwich City Council, and I apologize for the pronunciation if you guys want to help me. I'm almost certain it's not Norwich, uh, but they closed down a cycle rack because of the royal period of mourning. Twitter user Jeremy Hutchinson posted the image and wrote, because of the royal period of mourning, you can't lock your bike to a cycle rack in Norwich. Uh, advanced warning, this cycle rack will be closed from Friday, September 9th until Wednesday, September 21st. If you leave your cycle here between these times, it may be removed. We apologize for any inconvenience. Uh, that's, Someone has to explain that one to me. It seems like it would be harder to go and like police the bicycle rack, wouldn't it? Like, isn't that extra effort? I don't know. Um, uh, but it is uh, it is amusing, certainly. This, this is a very Twitter-type response. Uh, but, yep, using a bike rack. We've got canceled events. As somebody else mentioned, uh, a UEFA... Sure, I got that wrong. Statement announcing the postponement said this is due to the severe limitations on police resources. Apparently, a, a number of these football matches take a lot of police. Want to make sure everybody is above board, and those police are currently being used for uh, processions and other functions uh, related to everything happening in the UK. Um, so there's a little bit of a conversation there. Strikes. This was really interesting to me. Um, so apparently, in the UK, um, they've got a couple of strikes going on. One is a railway workers' strike. Um, and one is a strike of the criminal barristers. That's that's us. I mean, it's not me personally, but it's lawyers. Um, and the railway strikes have been shelved uh, for the national period of mourning. I'm trying to imagine um, folks in the United States who had gotten to the level of a strike of some kind actually turning it off for this kind of thing. And I, I, I don't know whether that would actually happen uh, or not. Now, it's worth noting the lawyers aren't on board. They will continue their strikes, but they won't protest outside of courts or parliament. Are, are we allowed to go on strike? Is that a thing? 
I, you know, somebody might be able to better inform me about the United Kingdom's uh, criminal barrister type stuff, uh, but I don't know what kind of collective action uh, lawyers could take. Certainly in America, I, 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 you can barely get lawyers to agree on where to eat a closing dinner at. Um, so I, I think it would be a little bit uh, tricky to, to have the a bar, a, baby, the bar. The bar. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, it's also uh, apparently London Fashion Week this week, which I'm informed is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that appears to be going forward at some level, but parties have been canceled. And one does wonder exactly what attendance at Fashion Week will look like if they know all the parties are canceled. Uh, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see what happens. <clears throat> Uh, let's see here. Ask Americans uh, as Americans, what happens with British royalty isn't our concern politically. This is true. Uh, respect should be given for the death of the queen, though. Absolutely. Yes. But we can still look at things. Certainly we can look at other jurisdictions and try to take th- something from them and and see what's happening there. Apparently, I mean, the UK have- is our uh, strongest ally, so it does a little concern me well, and our, and politically and- in the UK. Our historical predecessor. I mean, there's no there is no question that we we, we come from the UK. Yeah. Um, so uh, books of condolences are available, um, which mm-hmm. is which is interesting. Uh, flowers are being laid. And then they do mention the Nintendo Direct that I started this out. I with. thought you were it's, making a joke about the Nintendo Direct thing. I, I'm, I apologize. Oh, no, I was not. I was not. This is actually what rose this particular story up up the chain. I was like, well, what is going on over there? Because I want to I'm interested. And I as I said before, co-counsel is very interested. I get a lot of reports on you know what's going on with all this stuff um and i'm like well that's interesting the nintendo direct etc cetera, etc cetera. and that led me into a number of other stories that are of more import than, mm-hmm. than everything else but i just wanted to kind of frame out this national period of mourning concept um so with that as our backdrop this is a period of whether it's enforced by the government whether it's the people in the country really feeling these things uh and i think there is definitely that um You've got folks that are going to disagree and you've got folks disagreeing just in the chat. Right. And folks that disagree are perhaps uh, not as welcome right now. And that's creating some interesting situations. Um, And so here's the New York Post. And God knows we take the New York Post with a grain of salt. We have seen absolutely ridiculous reporting from them uh, on this channel and elsewise. But this is actually sourced by the police officers and this is, this is actually covered in six other places. And so we'll talk about that. We've also got an NPR article going over some of this stuff as we go through this. Woman holding abolish monarchy sign at King Charles declaration in Scotland. And Scotland and, and Britain, England, you know, have, have a fraught relationship sometimes. Arrested, colon cops. Now, I don't love the writing of this headline. I don't, th- I don't think colon cops is the way that you should attribute sources at the headline level. But here we are. And, and this was an open question that <clears throat> that doesn't sound right because the UK has um, obviously a different set of standards, a different um, uh, set of rules, but generally speaking, at least presents as respecting the concepts of a freedom of expression and freedom of speech. We all have seen stories about various arrests. We've seen stories about tweets and chats and things that have become trouble in the UK, but this seems to have accelerated this past week, and I and I wanted to discuss it. So let's just take a look at what they reported. It's a very short story, as the New York Post is wont to do, because you got to fit in the ads, right? A woman who held an anti-monarchy sign at the formal declaration of King Charles III's ascension to the throne in Edinburgh, Scotland, on Sunday was arrested, police said. 
The 22-year-old whose sign read F imperialism, abolished monarchy, was cuffed in connection with a breach of peace. Hmm. A spokesperson for the police Scotland told this post, it is unclear if she has been charged. The woman was among protesters who aimed to disrupt the ceremony, which involved officials repeating the declaration made on Saturday in London that Charles was the new sovereign of the United Kingdom. Many in the crowd told the woman to show some respect, but one person apparently defended her, saying, let her go. It's free speech. And this has been reported on both in the evening Edinburgh News uh, and elsewhere on the Internet. Boos could be heard during the declaration from some of those present. And I believe that's all the reporting they basically did uh, on this particular story. So with that as our backdrop, I wanted to look at things a little bit more fulsomely as we do here. Fill in your bingo cards, folks. Let's take a look at the prohibition of offensive conduct conducive to breaches of the peace law. Mm -hmm. uh, in the UK, which says any person who any in any public place or at any public meeting uses threatening, abusive or insulting words or behavior with intent to provoke a breach of the peace or whereby a breach of the peace is likely to be occasioned. So we can get it in front of those if we need to shall be guilty of an offense. OK, well, we see these kinds of laws. We see these kinds of rules in America as well. Uh, you'll note we don't have defined terms. Uh, yeah, but I'm having a trouble finding it to be either threatening, abusive, or insulting, to be quite honest. Well, I mean, okay, so you're at the declaration of the new monarch. It's insulting to the new monarch. Um, right? I mean, it's... Look, I'm No, I'm no, no. We were talking about some other monarchy. I see. Okay. All right. So, so, so you can claim... You can claim complete ignorance over the the reasoning behind why you're you're posting this particular sign. Uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps. I was and talking I about Saudi you, Arabia. I thought it was the right occasion. I'm playing devil's advocate here because I I agree that this is this is way before I as an American am comfortable contemplating a breach of the peace here because you don't even have in this particular story um, a concept like a bullhorn or or yelling. This is a this is a sign, <laughs> right? I mean, like that's all that comes up in this story for this particular issue, and it's woman holding sign arrested. And it's like, uh oh, that's that's and not. There was great. that guy who was yanked out of the crowd yelling things. Right. We're going to talk about that too. We're going to talk about that too, um, and that's part of this story, right? Because one of the things that's happening, and and the NPR article actually did a great job of kind of highlighting some of the situational issues here, uh, is that. There are people legitimately emotionally um, uh, compromised in this particular situation. I don't blame them. It's human experience. I get that. Um, and so you do have at least fundamentally a, a different kind of audience, a different kind of situation that you're dealing with than maybe the average day uh, in the average country. Um, and so the question then becomes like how far should law enforcement powers get to be stretched to cover things that are effectively the function of uh, a populace that is more willing to shove and punch and, and shout and potentially get out of control uh, than another. Um, and so, you know, I, I, the, the likely to be occasioned is bothersome to me. You get kind of a emotionally crazy veto, similar to the heckler's veto. If, if you've got a bunch of people that are willing to, to go nuts, if they see a sign like that, does that mean you shouldn't be allowed to, to raise that sign? And as an American, my answer is no, we, you know, we have the freedom of speech. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty unconditional. But one of the things we see here in the UK is that their freedom of speech concept is a little bit different. And for the most part, I did some research on this. 
um, they, they, they go back to this Article 10 of the, the Convention on Human Rights in Europe, for the most part. Um, and they have their common law concepts of freedom of expression and everything. But you may have seen this already, Kurt. But in Europe, this is give or take how they describe uh, the freedom of speech concept. And you'll, you'll see how it's a little bit different than ours. Everyone has the right to freedom of expression. This right shall include freedom to hold opinions, nice, and to receive and impart information and ideas without interference by public authority and regardless of frontiers. This article shall not prevent states from requiring the licensing of broadcasting, television, or cinema enterprises. Well, we got to get, we make some money doing that. The exercise of these freedoms, and here's where we separate pretty significantly from the United States, since it carries with it duties and responsibilities, may be subject to such formalities, conditions, restrictions, or penalties as are prescribed by law and are necessary in a democratic society, question mark, in the interests of national security, territorial integrity, or public safety, for the prevention of disorder or crime, for the protection of health or morals, for the protection of the reputation or rights of others, for preventing the disclosure of information received in confidence, or for maintaining the authority and impartiality of the judiciary. Now, some of this lines up with what we would recognize as exceptions to the First Amendment here in the United States. Some mm, of it some does not. not uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't drive a truck through some of that stuff, man. For the protection of health or morals, I, yeah, that's all you need, government. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to do, right? Mm. Um, and so... You know, you do have these laws, and I do think you have a reluctance, even in the UK, to just kind of go forward and slam down a breach of the peace, because at least that does question, you know, UK's commitment to this kind of thing, right? And I'm going to stop here, because I do want to get some uh, input from the chat a, a little bit, especially if you are in the UK, or if you're in Europe, you know, how you see these things playing out, um, because it is different from our First Amendment jurisprudence. It is different from the freedom of speech. And I think in this particular situation, you saw me talk about the Cloudflare situation last week, and they're they're wrongly using the concept of hard facts making uh, bad laws. But this is a very similar kind of setting, I think, in my opinion, which is this notion uh, that people are on edge to some extent, and that you know little things like holding up a sign could potentially uh, cause a significant situation. And you know, your commitment to freedom of expression is challenged. Uh, and this is the kind of situation where you can take presidential steps that really do set a, a bad a bad kind of road down which the, the UK or Europe could go down. Um, and so, folks, uh, you know, let me know. Um, you know, Ollie B here says there is no true freedom of speech in the UK. I think it's definitely attenuated from what we experience here. I, I will uh, I will posit the prop, prop, prop proposition that the United States has the broadest protections of freedom of speech in the world. It's one of the things that I think is good about the United States. In my yeah, I think, I think that's clear that we do. I think some people from Europe would challenge you as to whether that's a good thing or not. I will advocate for it as you will. Um, but uh, David here says UK doesn't have codified freedom of speech. I'm glad you say that because I did go looking for it. I did go looking for a UK version. I do research for these videos, folks. I did go looking for a UK version of the First Amendment. And what I basically found was reference to the Human Rights Convention and the concepts of civil liberties and freedom of expression, freedom of association, that kind of thing, right to protest. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't appear to have the kind of more lockdown approach uh, as the United States does. Uh, Fenn says holding a sign should be fine, throw an egg and wrong. Uh, well, throwing an egg is a battery. 
So yeah, I mean, it depends on that's yeah. illegal in the United States too. I mean, because you're attacking somebody. That's yeah, assault if you miss. <laughs> uh, you have freedom of expression except when you don't, says Jason. So basically, you don't. Well, I mean, it's it's largesse, right? It's uh, it's all the things that we say in this space, which is yeah, if you have a sword of Damocles hanging over your head you still have a sort of Damocles hanging over your head. So you always are self-censoring a little bit. Uh, we talk about that with Twitch. We talk about that with YouTube. It does sound to me like in this period of mourning during this particular sequence of events, you would have to think twice. If you're in the UK, you talk about the chilling effect of speech. You would have to think twice about going out to one of these things and holding up a sign that says effectively, you know, not my king, which is what part of what we're going to talk about in these articles. And no, I don't think that's the way to live. Honestly, I don't. Um, and I and I feel for that. Uh, the United States uh, wrote a letter saying not my king once. It it, it ended with some hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan says too many of our recent UK laws are ambiguous and rely on interpretation and being tried in the court. We're going to take a look at one of those that apparently is being used uh, right now. That's related to it looks like noise in protests um, that is being uh, a little bit stretched from the from the outside and again I, I want everybody to take it with the grain of salt I'm, I'm not a uk barrister or solicitor um but we can look at these things from afar and say huh that's that's not what i would expect honestly from from our brethren in the in the united kingdom uh shireen says breach of the peace is one of those laws that can mean a lot of things absolutely here too yeah here too to be quite honest yeah it's one yep. of those things and it, and it is abused by our police forces at least yes from time to time yeah, no, along this is with, not a weird better obstruction. Than you kind of thing. No, no. Yeah, breach of priest, breach of priest, and obstruction, especially if the cop is at, is sad, because you're not doing exactly what they want you to do at exactly the right time. It's like, yep. oh, we'll charge you with obstruction, or breach of peace. It's like, yeah, it's usually neither of those things, but okay. Well, and you can see even in that description that we looked at for the breach of peace law, this is you know it's the, it's the great trick in in statutes. Uh, breach of peace means breach of peace. That's helpful. I, uh, what? Okay. Now I did look. Tautology is tautologistic. It is. It is a tautology and it's, it's an ambiguous one. So I did look at some precedent in the UK on this and they do suggest that in general breach of peace is supposed to be focused on violence, imminence of violence. Certainly holding up a sign does not indicate that, but then you get the question of if it would, if it would incite violence because the mob is being irrational, is that a legitimate is that a legitimate use of police power under that law to go and arrest that person for that sign? And that's what you're seeing right now in the UK. You're getting the, the full kind of fact pattern because we do have video evidence. We'll look at uh, screen clips, at least. We don't use videos on this channel uh, of, of people getting really upset at folks yelling things at like the procession, like really upset. And so I am at least, I think this is wrong. I'm, I'm on the side that this is wrong. I am at least sympathetic in part to... You know, what do we do if they, we think that there is an actual mob that could form uh, in our midst? Mm. Uh, Charles says, oh, no, they think morals are a good reason to abridge freedom of expression. Uh, not that some of the U.S. don't, even though it's unconstitutional. Very true. I, again, this is not U.S. superior to U.K. It is just noting that at least on its face, the laws are more protective of expression here in the United States. Uh, and it, this was interesting for me to find. Uh, Abigail, thank you so much for, for becoming a member. I appreciate it. Uh, and and for saying you're the only YouTuber I've ever subscribed. May to. I encourage you Thank to also you. visit on Civil Law and subscribe <laughs> Please go to check my out channel Kurt's as well. Channel. Absolutely, Kurt. Absolutely. Uh, you're both deliberately ignoring what it says. Uh, guy, help me out. I, I'm I'm not intending to. If I am, so you know, keep talking. I will. I'm here to listen on a lot of this stuff. 
David says UK laws are used by powerful people to silence the poors, basically. Uh, it, that happens here, certainly. Uh, not freedom of expression when it comes to the monarchy. Uh, I'm Canadian. I have no real input other than our laws originally being based off the UK ones. Uh, freedom of speech isn't freedom from consequences of saying those oh, things. Lord. Well, it so is when it's governmental can... action. Yeah, government. Uh, it, it is when it's governmental action. That's the entire point of the First Amendment, at least right. from our conception. Freedom of speech is exactly freedom of consequence, that the government can't touch you. That's the point. So, yes, it is freedom of consequence from the government. Yeah, I and mean, well, that's the distinction, right? It's not freedom. You don't get to keep your job necessarily. There's all sorts of things that can happen to you for saying something that is untoward. Getting arrested and thrown in a police van is the distinction yeah, uh, between go. losing your right. job and or otherwise dealing with Twitter folks. Uh, Karen, and also, for that matter, it's also not a basis for someone to attack you because that would also be part of the freedom of speech, right? I don't have a right to attack you because you're attacking me is assault, battery, breach of the peace, and everything else. So it's freedom of consequence in the sense of my physical, physical. safety. Sure. The distinction between speech and violence, of course. All rainbows Which is a are distinction that's worth maintaining. Yes, I concur. All rainbows are actually double rainbows. The second one has its colors inverted and is normally colored called a glory. I'm not sure I've ever heard the national anthem or if I could recognize it. God save the queen. Yeah, it's, it's uh, my you country know, hey, of thee. You've heard it every day. You don't have you don't have to uh, you don't have to hear it before your sporting events though in the yeah. UK. No, yeah, it, 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 I'm half inclined to move just for that. Uh, I think I they could, should have the I right. I could sing my country tis of thee if you like. No, I, I'm good for right now, Kurt. <laughs> okay. But I also think it's in poor taste and will likely hurt their cause more than help. But I think that's a perfectly valid kind of position to have, right? You you could absolutely say you're going to put off more people than you're going to than you're going to get on your side at this moment in time. Um, that's a criticism, right? That's speech versus speech. That's that's what we love. Um, so yes, you can absolutely say it's their it's their right. But I think Re they're stupid. Rebecca Rebecca does correct my phrasing. I'm sorry. God's yeah. My country tis of these the same tune. As oh. God save the king. I apologize. So I, I was we, a little bit vague in my. Did we co-opt it? Is that what we it did? It's definitely that's, a that's what Americans do. But that for for that matter, um, the Star Spangled Banner is a uh, a drinking song in the UK. Oh, is it? Yeah. So we co-opted our national anthem too. But that's okay. We made we made it better, improved it, refined it. I think I, I think the only one of those I know is like Green Sleeves is something else. But mm. uh, you know, I'm not a musical person. Uh, so in Canada, at least freedom of speech is basically what the government is okay with. It's not, it's not a great protection for the most part. Otherwise they'll just go after you in different ways. Uh, again, the, the United States is not, is, is not perfect on that stuff either. We might no, say but it more I, 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 I continue to stand for the proposition that we're the best despite our problems. And despite the fact that our government too gets cranky and uh, especially officers on the beat tend to get cranky. I think the most cranky about these kinds of things. But I still think our protections are the best. We do not try to explicitly balance freedom of speech against, for example, dignity of religions or dignity of groups, or we do not- No, and we, we have a knee we, jerk- we, hate, hate speech remains says, legal in the United States, despite what people sometimes think. Hate speech yeah, is Yeah, we legal. have a knee jerk response that says you should be allowed to say whatever it is you just said. Yeah. Um, versus some other places. And I think that's helpful to the entirety of the jurisprudence there. Uh, Nick says the UK are trying to push through our human rights law, which basically makes it illegal to protest. They're trying to get rid of anything that holds police politicians to account. We're going to talk about the law that is cited in one of the more um, potentially egregious uh, versions of this in just a bit. Like I said, I have like 14 articles, so we'll finish when we finish. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, let's see here. Uh, people get triggered seeing OSU signs at UP doesn't make it illegal. 
That's right. What? Oh my goodness! What would happen if you got breach of the peace arrests at college game day uh, every Saturday? <laughs> Mm. Uh, certainly true certainly true lived in the uk and was never aware of any freedom of speech fair enough shireen says i say all kinds of rubbish and get away with it laughing emoji there you go shireen um derogation under article 10 will require significant justification for national security or public safety and it's unlikely that this would qualify as grounds for an exception i tend to agree william i don't i don't think that they met their burden to to meet the the human rights commission there uh and yet you know, the, 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 the ride, uh, you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride on some of these arrests type of things. So that's that's a problem in and of itself. Um, Hogue, I fear the UK may put in a law where people cannot badmouth the late queen ever, specifically this late queen. That would be that would be a rough bit for freedom of expression. There's certainly there's certainly that I think you can mourn someone. I've said in this space that it's a rest in peace kind of concept to me. I'm not going to politicize it. You see that already happening on social media and elsewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, I would be I would be unhappy for you here in America, in the UK. And I would be unhappy if I were a UK citizen, if there was some kind of attempt at a blocking law of what I could say about someone after a reasonable period from their from their passing. Um, uh, Carrie says, Kurt, when Prince Harry first moved to the U.S., he was quoted as saying he thought our free speech laws were ridiculous and should be taken away. I I, I always like Prince things Harry. like that. I always like things like that because the the very it's the very freedom of speech that gives them the freedom to say that. And I always find irony in it. It's like hey. our freedom of speech laws are ridiculous. They should be taken away. And I'm like, do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth right now? Well, I mean, that quote is from a you know, it's a monarch. I mean, it's it's, it's from the royal family. It's like you know. Never change British monarchy. That's what the 18th century was about. And, and, and given <laughs> given some of the things going on with Prince Harry, it's like, are you sure you don't want protections of freedom of speech? Are you sure you don't want the ability to uh, have those freedoms, Prince Harry? Because uh, those sound like they might be valuable to you, just from one man's perspective. Well, and Mimi coming out here with some with some facts. The U.S. does not have freedom of speech. We 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 do, but it's not as as ironclad as it might sound. The government hides behind private companies. We're seeing that writ large very recently about the uh, u.s government trying to co-op facebook and some of the other uh mm. some of the other platforms to to help control the line specifically over the last couple of years of, of health information mm. um and so that's that's not wrong david backs that up big corporations have the most power over speech in the modern world social media platforms are a real thing that we're gonna have to have a good discussion on uh at some point in the future uh one thing the british monarchy is serious about is protecting and honoring the british monarchy protesting is really not effective well that's very similar to prince harry saying that quote at least as described in that comment right it's like well you shouldn't be able to you shouldn't be able to speak against your betters okay okay uh b i think asking hecklers to leave to stop disturbing a morning procession is fine sure well i mean it, you can get into different lines there but it's better than arresting them arresting and charging them is going too far it's disrespectful and disgusting in my opinion uh but not a crime i guess the question is when they say no when you ask them to leave, do you escalate it from there? And apparently a lot of these folks in the UK have decided that they do. William continues, UK would need to repeal the Human Rights Act of 1998, resign from the Council of Europe. What's happening here is an arrest and de-arrest process to end the immediate situation. Yes, I did see the phrasing de-arrest in a couple of these articles, and it was not one that I was terribly familiar with. We're going to skip ahead here. A lot of fantastic comments from everybody. Um... Uh, again, a lot of kind of concerns here about 
potentially the UK passing a law or otherwise doing something about this more dramatically. Uh, I hope that doesn't become uh, the case. Uh, Castilian says, bit dumb to protest the monarchy and a crowd of mourners at the procession and then be surprised when they react. What are the police meant to do? Remove the agitator or the crowd? Well, some of these are pre-reaction. And then you get into a minority report kind of conversation, uh, right? And you heard even in Edinburgh, Scotland, not really known for its full monarchist position. Uh, Scotland had, you know, be more respectful, but it's a free country kind of like argument amongst the crowd. You know, if you are law enforcement, when, if ever, do you do you get involved? And I do think even in the United States, there might be an attempt to be to be like, dude, do you Dude, 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 okay, do, you, do you really want to do this right now? Uh, I don't think it would rise to the level of arrest um, here. Uh, there was that is... person who was heckling Biden's speech at uh, Philadelphia in the crowd. I don't know if he was arrested or not, but I know there was at least one heckler that could sometimes be heard in the audio if you were really paying attention. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't see that. I did not see that. Um, I don't know, says Mimi, it's worse in the U.S. that we think we have freedom of speech. Meanwhile, the government acts behind the scenes with social media to shut down speech they don't like. Again, it's stronger here. There's, no, no system is going to work perfectly. And I tend to agree with you that we have to start looking at state action through platforms and things like that. There might be a virtual legality on that in our future. Uh, but uh, we do have freedom of speech as a concept much more strongly than other places. Uh, Senshi uh, Roll says, is the 1689 Bill of Rights is enacted by Parliament still law in the U.K.? That is not a question for me. <laughs> like I said, they definitely have a common law understanding of freedom of expression. And they refer to the 1950 Human Rights Convention in a couple of places. Um, so there, there is conceptually this notion that you have the freedom to express yourself. It just doesn't have kind of some of the more ironclad either precedent or just specific non-exception based language uh, that we have in the United States. Um, and certainly, as you said, as I said, it's the European Convention. That's kind of the more standard approach is to have these kinds of broad health and morals and mm -hmm. politics and territorial sovereignty kind of exceptions to these concepts uh, in these other places. Um, and then, uh, OK, so I think we're good here. People are going to continue to discuss corporations and the nature of the United States freedom of speech law. But I think we can move on to the next bit of articles here. So, of course, we go to the absolutely incomparable, inimitable BuzzFeed News, which, uh, you know, never gets anything wrong, uh, but does just appear to be reporting on other stories, uh, which they're usually pretty good at. Uh, so this, <laughs> this collected a number of things that I wanted to discuss um, here. And we got anti-royalist protesters in the UK were confronted by law enforcement officers as they demonstrated against the British monarchy with several incidents leading to arrests. Uh, in Scotland, which we just discussed, you get that F imperialism abolished the monarchy arrest. The arrest took place ahead of Charles III being proclaimed King of Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. A police spokesperson confirmed the arrest of the 22-year-old woman in connection with the breach of the peace. The woman was charged and is set to appear in court at a later date. Police told BuzzFeed News that the woman was arrested for her alleged behavior and not because of the anti-monarchy sign. BuzzFeed News says, police says its behavior now, that's an interesting question because the police have to know that just holding up a sign is probably the worst level of breach of the peace that they could try to bring. So you're going to need to allege some more stuff, police. They know this. They're not silly. The Queen's coffin arrived in Edinburgh on Sunday after journeying through the streets of Scotland from Balmoral Castle, where she died on Thursday. Charles was in Edinburgh for a service for the late Queen at St. Giles Cathedral on Monday. 
This is like GIF and GIF. Police also arrested a man after he called out who elected him when Charles was declared king during a country proclamation in Oxford, England on Sunday, which is a great entry point into that series of stories. So let's take a look at what the NPR folks here have. NPR are somewhat state-funded <laughs> uh, news organization covering Europe. Anti-royal protesters are being arrested in the UK as the Not My King tag grows. Uh, this is also what I tag for any LeBron James related tweets, but that's a good <laughs> issue. Nice. Uh, not my king. He is, and there is nothing you can do about it. That exchange between two commenters on Twitter encapsulates the current friction in the United Kingdom where King Charles III's ascension to the throne has sparked anti-royalist protests. In dramatic ways, the dynamic is playing out in real life. Police have made a series of arrests against people protesting the monarchy in recent days, raising questions about the right to freedom of speech as the UK proclaims a new head of state to replace the late Queen Elizabeth II. We get another description of the events in Scotland. Let her go, it's free speech, one man shouted. Others yelled back, have some respect. Uh, we've got that. And then we see, this is what I wanted to flag here. This is a, the different one. This is why I moved over to this particular article. This is the individual uh, yelling at uh, Prince Andrew, I believe. And I'm, I don't know the whole uh, royal family. I apologize. Uh, but this did escalate into this person yelling and uh, getting shoved and pushed by non-police. And he's taken out and he's uh, apparently arrested. And this is what I'm talking about with respect to the, there do appear to be mobs that are, that are ready to go with this kind of stuff. Um, and so I, I am at least marginally sympathetic. I'm a, I'm a pretty staunch advocate for freedom of speech. I don't believe this person should be arrested. Maybe gotten out of harm's way for this kind of stuff. Uh, but um, this is happening. I mean, like this is on video and you can watch this whole clip here. I will add this link. I don't think it's in the original link to the description right now. Uh, if you're interested in these, because NPR did a good job of kind of uh, finding all these as a person being escorted out for a not my king piece of paper. Um, and, and that kind of thing is happening. And like I said, NPR did a good job of this. Uh, this all comes the from the who elected him reference in BuzzFeed News, which is reported on here by a place called Bright Green, independent media for radical democratic green movements. We'd like to know where people are coming from. And thankfully, this particular outlet puts it right in their masthead. So I appreciate that. I was arrested after asking who elected him at the proclamation of King Charles from Simon Hill, who, as I understand it from other references. And again, chat, you can help me out here is an individual of some uh, fame in the United Kingdom. This is one of the ones that was picked up on NPR as being significant to this particular situation in there because of this person's fame. I'm going to look at a few super chats here. Let me know, Simon Hill, is that a name that you all recognize and that maybe I should recognize uh, it when we're making these discussions? Mike says, uh, BOTP is a civil matter, breach of the peace. Arrest doesn't mean charge. That does come out in the UK's defense of a specific law. We're going to get there. It's like spoiler alerts here. Uh, that breach of the peace apparently isn't good enough. That's one of the reasons they're trying to push through, or they did push through, uh, some noise restrictions, which look okay on the outside, but are clearly potentially used for other mechanisms, which is its own problem. Uh, and we do have a super chat as well from Lazarus. I live in Canada. I studied law in the UK. The 1689 Bill of Rights is still law and considered constitutional law in the UK. So, yes, there's a number of different ways you can look at this and say the United Kingdom, at least ostensibly, backs up freedom of expression of some kind. 
but they also clearly allow themselves some exceptions uh, for those kinds of things. Let's see if anybody knows who Simon Hill is. As a UK citizen, Alan says, I got no idea. Sure, it's perfectly fine. Um, let's see, uh, anybody else? Uh, uh, Blake in the gray t-shirt will get arrested for shoving the fella in blue. Oh, bloke. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, as an American, I don't know if this is true, but I thought that these protests would have been seen coming. Isn't King Charles pretty unpopular going back a while? Yeah. I think Charles has a pretty bad Q score in the UK. I, mm. I think. <laughs> nice. One. Um, but again, I, I can't speak for it. I, I follow all these people from the outside, uh, looking in, uh, UK is not elected monarchy. I think that's his point. Uh, but yes, you're right. No, but nobody elected him. Uh, who elected any of the royals? Uh, yeah, God. you're the king. Well, I didn't vote for you. Like, this is the concept behind this protest. Um, like he says, I'm sure many of the hundreds in the crowd would have liked to voice their opinion in regard to Prince Andrew, but had the respect to keep quiet. Yeah, and this is going to be a decorum thing, right? And I have no problem with you saying that's a that's a breach of decorum. That's a bad place to do it, that, that kind of thing. The question does, does that rise to the level of arrest? Does that rise to the level of government intervention? Does a breach of decorum do that? Because a breach of decorum is different than a breach of the peace. Um, and so absolutely, I, I think you can 100% say now is not the time to that person. Um, you can heckle them back, uh, that kind of thing. The who elected him seems nonsensical. That's not how the monarchy works. Again, I think that's the point, but you're not wrong on any of this. Uh, this reminds me of the Monty Python scene. Sure. Sure. But what is it? Uh, I, I'm not going to get the quote right, but it's magical ladies handing out swords, uh, from, from water-based, whatever is no way to, no way to decide a monarch. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, all right. So let's take a look at this article. Nobody seems to have any immediate reaction to Simon Hill. And he might be more famous in NPR than he is in the actual UK, but he says, I was arrested after asking who elected him at the proclamation of King Charles. And he has an interesting little story here. So he says, he's not going to protest. Uh, I learned that there was not only a proclamation coming in Oxford, but a procession that would start just outside of our church. Uh, I was feeling sad and angry as I left church and I walked past the cordoned off streets and saw the dignitaries and military leaders standing on the steps of Carfax Tower in clothing more suited to the 16th century. Is that, is that like Carfax, the company, like with the little with the little fox? Carfax Tower? I can't tell. This is an interesting Britishism. It, that sounds like it could be an old tower name. It also sounds like it could be a modern Carfax name. <laughs> this apparently is how we proclaim a new head of state in 21st century Britain. After making slow progress along the pavement, I asked the police how I could get across the other side as the road was closed off. When I expressed a mild criticism of the royal procession during my question about the road closures, they became defensive and refused to talk with me further. Now, here we have to stop, right? This is the first person account. This is about as biased uh, as we can get here looking at anything in headlines. Uh, and so we do have to note, this is obviously framed to put the author in the best position possible, right? So we have to put that on our, on our shoulders, toss that salt over our shoulders, whatever else we want to do with it. We have to be aware that that is in fact the case. So we'll note that. I paused briefly to, to look at a couple of things on my phone before realizing they were about to read out the proclamation. I'd previously doubted whether I wanted to stay and hear it, but I was there now. I remained quiet in the first part of the proclamation concerning the death of Elizabeth. Any death, <clears throat> any death is sad and I would not object to people mourning. So he's a good actor, right? He didn't even intend to be here. It was only when they declared Charles to be King Charles III that I called out who elected him. I doubt most of the people in the crowd even heard me. Two or three people near me told me to shut up. I didn't insult them or attack them personally, but responded by saying that a head of state was being imposed on us without our consent. This is an interesting paraphrasing. What did you say? 
uh, to these individuals that told you to shut up. I doubt it was, sir, a head of state is being imposed upon us without our consent. A security guard appeared, stood right in front of me and told me to be quiet. Two more security guards came along and they tried to push me backwards. As I asked them to give the legal basis for what they were doing, the police came over, more or less moved the security guards out of the way and took hold of me. I was outraged that they were leading me away, but was taken aback when they told me they were arresting me. I have no illusions about the police's questionable relationship with the law, but I seem to have been arrested for nothing more than expressing an opinion in public. They gave me confused answers when I asked on what grounds I had been arrested. As the police led me away, I heard people asking them why I was being arrested. Eventually, I realized that two men were walking alongside them, demanding answers. I heard one of them say, I don't agree with him, but surely he's got a right to his views. Isn't this a free country or similar? These two people, not activists, not anti-monarchy, were giving a fine example of excellent citizenship by speaking up when they saw the police abusing their powers. I have no idea who they were, but their actions really cheered me. Eventually, I was handcuffed. I don't know what sort of threat they thought I posed and put in the back of a police van. A police officer got in the van and took my details. After lots of conversations on his radio, he said I would be de-arrested, let free, but that they would want to interview me. I said I would only do so with a lawyer present. After some more radio conversations, he told me I would be de-arrested and then contacted to be interviewed at a later date and possibly charged. I was then driven home in the police van. At this point, I had still not been given a clear answer as to why I had been arrested. At first, I was told that the sergeant who had arrested me would know the reason. This was an appalling answer. Eventually, on the way home, I was told that I had been arrested under the Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Act of 2022, the outrageous act passed earlier this year, according to the author, for actions likely to lead to harassment or distress. So let's take a look at this a little bit. This is what NPR flags uh, as the particular issue here uh, is this law. The UK adopted new laws on protests this year. Hill said police initially told him he was arrested under the UK's recently toughened laws on protests, the change that came after advocacy groups such as Extinction Rebellion and Black Lives Matter mounted large and or disruptive protests in recent years. The new law allows police to act in cases which they deem to be unjustifiably noisy protests that may have a significant impact on others or seriously disrupt an organization's activities. The arrests highlight individuals' troubles with the authorities, but large groups have also chosen or been forced to change their plans due to Elizabeth's death. And then they talk about these various groups. They finish up their article and they link to this description of the Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Act. Now, this is only related to noise. I think NPR might be getting this wrong. This is a big old act. I looked at the table of contents for this thing uh, and NPR specifically points us to this noise fact sheet. This would not appear to apply at all to what would be a single shout uh, of even something that people wouldn't otherwise agree to. But at least in the fact sheet that NPR sends us to, this talks a good game about the police needing more powers to be content free, but noise restrictive and have these policing powers to, to prevent these kinds of things. So they say, what are we going to do? The act widens the range of situations in which police officers can place conditions on protests in England and Wales, allowing officers to set conditions to prevent the noise generated by the protest in question, having a significant impact on people or causing a serious disruption to the activities of organizations in the vicinity. This measure has nothing to do with the content of the noise generated by a protest, just the level of the noise. So mm -hmm. this would seem entirely inapplicable to one person shouting. Am, am, I, am I wrong on this, Kurt? I would not. Yeah, that would be a tough sell with just okay. one person shouting with their natural voice. Okay. Yeah. In How the are open we gonna do area. We'll allow police to place conditions on public processions, public assemblies, and one person protests. Okay where it is reasonably believed that the noise they generate may result in serious disruption to the activities 
that they're otherwise attending. Serious disruption of the activities of an organization is defined as including where it may result in persons connected with the organization not being reasonably able for a prolonged period of time to carry out their activities within the vicinity of a protest. That doesn't seem applicable at all, <laughs> right? There's nothing preventing the procession at this point in time, and at least as described in this particular yeah. story, it's, he if only you, does if it you, It sounds like you could read it such that if someone can hear it, right, that might be disruptive to the or, to the activity, right? We're We're playing a soccer game, and someone is shouting, and now I hear it, and now it distracts me from my ability to play soccer. So yep. that would be enough under that statute. Well, the prolonged period of time concept would seem to get rid of it. But yes, I do agree that it looks like this, the issue people have- How prolonged with it, is prolonged? Right. Well, that's part of this. That's part of this. The issue people would have with this, and I would I would tend to side with them, is that this is giving enormous police powers to this freedom of expression concept. And they're the arbiters of you know what all of this is. And that, that can create all sorts of problems. Now, they want to be very defensive about it. These powers do not silence protesters or curb freedom of expression. The power to set noise-related conditions will only be used in the most exceptional of circumstances where police mm -hmm. assess the noise from protests to be unjustifiable of course and damaging to others. The noise from protests to be unjustifiable. You want to define that term for me, Kurt? What does unjustifiable mean to the, in the eyes of the police? I didn't like well, it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, what is, what is unjustifiable? Frequently asked questions. Who can impose that? The noise-related conditions, that's the chief constable's job. Will these measures ban protests? No. It's only on unjustifiably noisy protests. Will these measures stop protesters from expressing their views? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Why target one-person protests? This particular measure only relates to the noise generated from a single-person protest. It does not introduce any other situations in which police can place conditions on single-person protests. However, through the use of affordable amplification equipment, a single protester is easily capable of generating the same amount of noise as a large protest. I mean, but are they required in, the order same for this, in order for this law to be invoked? Are they required to use a noise amplifier um, with or just using their normal voice? So these are all noisy protests. And again, I'm not sure that there isn't another section of this law that the NPR is just wrong. We, we do we do reserve for the right to look at headlines and say this this journalist didn't do their job. But here is what I really wanted to focus on. 4.7. Uh, don't the police already have the power to arrest noisy individuals for a breach of the peace? Isn't you guys do that, right? We, we looked at that law. It's pretty broad. Whether a breach of a peace is anticipated or has happened will depend on the situation. That's not an answer to that question. Breach of the peace gives power a police a power of arrest. However, such arrests do not lead to punitive action, unlike a conviction for breaching a condition placed on a protest, which is now a criminal offense. Placing conditions on protest is a much less intrusive way of preventing disruption than arresting people for breaching the peace. I feel like I'm being gaslit with this last sentence, right? Like, like the entire paragraph is breach of the peace isn't badass enough for us. We need it to be badassier. That's a legal term, folks. You can use that later. <clears throat> and so it's somehow less intrusive to have this new law that allows us to do this. I don't know. But people have in the chat even said they already have breach of the peace. What are they doing? Uh, and so this law, like I almost want to do like a full down breakdown of this law. Uh, that that recently passed in the UK because it's like, wow, that does seem bad. It, it does seem a little dystopian. It does put a lot of judgment in the hands of the police uh, and it's judgment that you can easily imagine being abused. It's it's why you get, you know, some of this here. It's why you get these various other articles here. What do, what do folks think? We have one last little bit we're going to talk about uh, before we before we exit today's episode. 
But what what do people think about that law, that summary? Is there another section of it if you're in the UK that you think the NPR folks just missed? Again, I'm reserving I'm reserving that possibility uh, because it was so large that I couldn't even go through it as part of the research for this article. I'm not sure if I've read this specific law, but I have to say I've read laws in the UK before. And sometimes their language is very, very broad when it comes to the power of government to do things, to declare yeah. emergencies and to put in place emergency measures. The, the amount of power that they at least have under the relevant law sometimes is a very broad from our, our, our point of view. So yeah. I am not, I think, I, I, yeah, I'm giving NPR thing. the benefit of the doubt on this one. Yeah, that can be a language thing. Shireen says, this H&H &H makes British look like we can't do anything without getting arrested. Not the case. That is not my intent. Uh, my, my intent was only to look at these basic articles. And this is only whatever it is, three incidents, four incidents that we are seeing. Uh, it certainly was enough for an NP article, article to be written uh, for me to look at it. I'm very interested from afar because I'm very interested in freedom of expression and civil liberties. Um, but no, I again, I if if you think this is me sitting here and saying, wow, Britain's so totally screwed up. It's only in that, like us here in the United States, there are laws that look like they might not be the best of ideas. Um, and a situation that is very unique to your country uh, that I find to be interesting. But uh, understand, I, I, this is not, this is not a, a, a UK sucks kind of, kind of video, uh, because I don't believe that. Um, we've got a lot of We've got a lot of other comments here. Let's see if I can pick out um, a, a good one here. Uh, William says, UK laws tend to be very precise, but when there is discretion, it's very wide and should rarely be used. The last six years have seen the discretionary powers used too frequently. Mm -hmm. Everywhere across the world there, definitely. Um, let's see. David thinks they will shut down 100% of the protests that make the UK government look bad. Possibly. I don't know. I don't live there. Um, uh, pop, it says in Scotland, if you say something that hurts someone else's feelings, you can go to jail. We do know, we see again from across the sea that there are instances that look abhorrent to us in terms of, you know, that tweet offended somebody kind of thing. Um, you, you're familiar the with the Count Dankula affair, I assume. Uh, yes, I am. And, it, and, and, and you, we've also seen in some of the Commonwealth, that kind of notion, we see that situation in Canada, for instance. Uh, that can make me uncomfortable, certainly. Um, uh, Madame Corgi says, as a Brit, I'm incredibly concerned about the recent changes to the law. Would go to protest it, but I have to go to work tomorrow. There you go. Just declare that you're still in mourning. I almost said, got to make the Benjamins, but I don't think that's actually what you make <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> Whatever. Do, do you print something on pounds? I don't know. Whatever you do, the go in The Queen's face. <laughs> Uh, was there a girl who sung rap lyrics on TikTok that got in trouble, David? I don't know. I don't know that one. Uh, law was passed because of people sticking themselves to buildings, blocking roads, harassing workers, going into banks, etc. Yeah. And, and oh, it might have been passed for that reason. The problem is the language leaves open all kinds of possibilities. What it was passed for and what it can be used for are two entirely different propositions. This is a problem in the United States with well, it's a problem around the world, really. It's like we need this emergency power to deal with this emergency thing. The emergency justifies the regulation or justifies the rules. The problem is that the rule is written so broadly and so all-encompassingly because, well, we need it to deal with true emergencies that are only going to pop up rarely and it will never be used, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward a very modest amount of time and it's being used in a much broader context than it was ever originally contemplated. 
This is this is the problem. This is the hard cases make bad law proposition. Yeah, right? We are we are dealing with a situation. We need something to deal with it. And now we, we have the this Patriot Act for Pete's sake. It, the Patriot Act, yes, <laughs> as a good example. I mean, this is not unique to the UK. So uh, no. this is not again. Uh, this is this is a conversation about. Kurt said it exactly right. You have a situation. There's a do. We need to do something kind of concept. Uh, and you got to be very careful with those because sometimes that same language can be used in situations like this in a way that maybe you weren't expecting or maybe somebody was expecting uh, and that just wasn't curtailed enough at the at the actual legislation kind of uh, timing. Uh, and there's a lot of good conversations happening in chat. If you're interested, chat is having wonderful conversations about all sorts of stuff here regarding Scotland and the United Kingdom and, and differences of opinion on the way these various laws are perceived. So I'm going to go to the last article here. Um, or it's not even an article, it's a sequence um, that happened that uh, that we can talk about. So this I see, this is a part of the Nintendo Direct. This, this directs me to being interested. Statement regarding viral video from Parliament Square at Westminster today. This is the Metropolitan Police Events, Met Police Events. Deputy I was wondering how this got to Nintendo Direct. I was very confused. Oh, it's... I. Again, if you if you if you kind of just kind of skim through Twitter, sometimes I just bookmark things and say, "Huh, this is interesting." <clears throat> Deputy Assistant Commissioner Stuart Cundy said, "We're aware of a video online showing an officer speaking with a member of the public outside the Palace of Westminster earlier today. The public absolutely have a right to protest, and we have been making this clear to all officers involved in the extraordinary policing operation currently in place, and we will continue to do so." However, the overwhelming majority of interactions between officers and the public at this time have been positive, as people have come to the Capitol to mourn the loss of her late Majesty the Queen. Yeah, and I looked at this. this overwhelming has been majority because the overwhelming have been there for a reason that the police are comfortable with and are happy about. So yeah, the vast majority of people are behaving themselves in a way that we like. But look at this quote, Kurt. I mean, I, the, the reason that I flagged this to begin with is like, oh, that doesn't say anything. This kind of language up at the top makes me way more interested in what the heck you are talking about, right? This comes across my timeline and it's, we're aware of a video showing an officer speaking with a member of the public. That's the substance. It's like, well, that can't be what that video, that is not what you are responding to <laughs> is an officer talked to someone today. Mm. No, no, that can't be the nature of this particular issue because the next sentence is a complete non sequitur to an officer spoke to someone. The public absolutely has a right to protest. You could start to backfill what in the world they must be talking about. But that always leans to me. Again, looking at this as a corporate messaging kind of concept. Oh, you're hiding something. You don't want people to go and figure out what viral video we might be talking about. Right? And so this is of interest to me because effectively, uh, and we do have a Twitter user, again, Twitter, useful sometimes, uh, going and making a transcript here. And basically the gist of this conversation as taped is um, why do you need my details, says the person. The police officer says, you said you were going to write stuff on it that may offend people around the king. I said I was going to write not my king on a sign, and then you asked me for my details. Who's that going to offend? I may, it may offend someone. I don't know. Who's going to be offended? Are you going to listen or are you going to talk over me? Is that what you plan to do? No, just go ahead. Thank you. Now I gave you some advice. Now, this isn't necessarily as significant as it's initially reported, which is he goes out there and says, just went to Parliament Square, held up a blank piece of paper. Officer came and asked for my details. He confirmed that if I wrote not my kick on it, he would arrest me. That doesn't appear to be a part of the video um, under the Public Order Act because someone might be offended, at least as that transcript goes. And you see that this, this becomes popular. And then he says, oh yeah, I taped it. The video becomes popular. 
uh, it becomes viral. And I believe that is what is responded to here. But at the end of the day, you've got an optics problem as much as anything else, right? Because you do have Scotland, you do have these other stories, you do have NPR articles, you do have hangouts and headlines. And so when this kind of thing goes along with what people are hearing about what's happening, regardless of whether or not this is a fully accurate tweet, it has the patina of accuracy, which is just as problematic, that goes out and you wind up making it worse by going out with a tweet and comment that says effectively, no, no, of course, that's everybody's great here. Everybody's fine. Everything's normal. How are you? Um, and that 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 makes that makes things even more kind of for me looking again on the outside uh, more likely to be worthy of comment. I say, oh, okay, there's something there. Um, and that's that's kind of the mistake people make when they make messaging like that. So I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if you saw the response here. I don't know if you saw any of this, Kurt. No, uh, no, no. But, but this it, is all. Uh, it's an interesting state of affairs in the UK right now. Obviously, a lot of people in mourning, a lot of emotions riled up, a lot of people who do view the royal family and Queen Elizabeth, the monarchy, as is fundamental to what it means to be the United Kingdom, or at least Britain and England. And so um, it's it's a fraught circumstance. And, and I, I don't envy the police uh, looking at a, a group of people that are willing to, to potentially shove and throw punches um, and, and dealing with freedom of expression at the same time. But I do think you, you need kid gloves for this kind of stuff. You need to be very cautious uh, because you can set bad precedents. And um, it's it's going to be an interesting time for what seems to be the next couple of weeks um, in the United Kingdom. I didn't realize until I was researching this video uh, that um, the national period of mourning went so long. Yeah. Um, and so that's 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 going to stretch things out a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, what do you think uh, if you if you're in the UK, especially? Um, and you're looking at this kind of stuff. Do you think this is one-off events um, that, uh, that that don't really bother you? Do, do you have a kind of chilling effect on your speech? Uh, would you be concerned to have any of these conversations or otherwise out in the wild? Uh, I'd be interested in that. And certainly, if you're watching this on the replay crew and you have those kinds of experiences, leave a comment because I'd be interested in finding that out um, as well. Um, so with that said, it's almost 9 a.m. here in the Eastern time zone of the United States. Kurt, Uncivil Law, what are you doing today? Well, immediately following this video, I will be posting a video myself uh, regarding a new credit card code that was just approved by the International Standard of Organizations. I the arm stuff. Yes, this is a new code for credit cards that uh, that is specifically for a merchant code for gun stores. And gun stores presently have been operating under other codes like general merchant or sporting goods or something like that. But there is a new credit card code specifically for gun stores and gun ammunition. And this obviously raises questions as to the ability of not only governments, but for that matter, payment processors, banks, to now be able to monitor, possibly tax, restrict, forbid transactions that are specifically firearm related. So this is a, uh, a note of concern to the Second Amendment people in the crowd. And so I will be posting that video immediately following this stream. Okay, fantastic. And I, I'm I'm trying to redirect again. I don't think it's working. It's not coming up the way it's supposed to with redirect, Kurt. Great. So please go great. check up, go check out his channel um, uh, for that. I mean, that's that is certainly an interesting. Merchant codes uh, have always been a, a question of concern uh, for tracking people's uh, movements and, and things that they're buying and, and whatnot. So uh, if you're interested in that question, uh, go look at that. Definitely um, here. I. I don't know whether we'll be doing a virtual legality today. We've got some stuff to do with the firm. Remember, we do not have hangouts and headlines on Wednesday. 
Uh, so, folks, enjoy your Wednesday uh, without me uh, in, in the morning. Uh, and we'll be back on Thursday with more Hangouts. Uh, and hopefully everybody has a fun time. Nobody gets arrested. Uh, and uh, and uh, I almost said enjoy your period of mourning, which is the wrong kind of thing to say. Uh, but if you are in the UK, um, please do be safe out there. Uh, everybody else, uh, thank you so much for coming in to Hangouts and Headlines today. Uh, and I will see you when I see you on whatever video it might be here on the Hoglaw YouTube channel. Goodbye, everyone.